Welcome to Reasonably Fit, the podcast where we'll teach you everything you need to know about health and fitness, but in a much more reasonable way than you might be used to. Think about us as your friendly fitness experts, but we're chill about it. Hello and welcome back to, what's this podcast? Reasonably Fit. (laughs) What is this podcast? (laughs) So I'm confused a little bit because... I was just about to reference the fact that we used to have a Q&A show called the Ask Achieve Show, yeah. which well, slowly transitioned, like <laughs> transitioned to Sweat Out Happiness In. Uh, but basically, we have a Q&A show today, so we're super excited about going back to the old format for a hot second. But yeah. fun fact, we actually had, I think, like 160 episodes of our prior Q&A show, so we're pretty comfortable with this format. We like it a lot. Uh, we decided to switch to Reasonably Fit just because we wanted to dive deeper into specific topics but this episode we wanted to just kind of have more of like a rapid fire uh q a show just to switch things up so here we are yeah i think we can do this every once in a while just to answer some questions that aren't necessarily don't need a full 45 minutes hour long answer but we but we get a lot like questions that we get asked a lot so it's kind of a nice way to to tackle a bunch of random different topics all in one episode yeah when you brought up the other podcast it reminded me of I'm basically right now still going back. We have like 10 websites and the (laughs) last couple days I've been like trying to consolidate them all because we went from owning the gym and then we started to offer some online programs while we were still owning the gym. So we had Achieve Fitness. It was like AchieveFitnessBoston.com. And then we were like, well, we need a different website for our online program. So then we had AchieveFitnessOnline.com. And then we had achieve, we had Achieve Mentors for a little while, which was like working with personal trainers and giving them help with like getting off the getting off the ground in their personal training careers. So we had that website. And then we closed the gym and we were like, well, now it doesn't really make sense <laughs> for our website to be Achieve Fitness because we're not Achieve Fitness and especially not Achieve Fitness Boston. So then we made jasonandlaurenpack.com. But literally, we have things that you can potentially read or buy or go to at all of those different locations still. We have so many different sites. And sometimes people will message us being like, is this like a legit product still? <laughs> like, can I buy this here? And it's like, we're, we're slowly getting there. Um, yeah, this and is one of the, you know, one of the hardships of being a very small business is like, yeah. we don't have a team to just like transition everything over within 24 hours. Like we have multiple websites still running and functional, like half functional. Yeah, basically. it's interesting. Like, I, I think that's an interesting part of this whole transition process that we haven't really talked about or even really talked about amongst ourselves like it's it's kind of been this daunting process like even changing our instagram handle like we've had achieve fitness boston was our instagram handle for eight years or so and then last year we decided to make the change to go to jason and lauren pack and it was a big deal we're like is this the right move like we've created this sort of like persona with this handle and yeah it was kind of an interesting identity shift now it's like okay now on our jason and lauren pack page like, can we start to post like some more personal stuff, like family pictures and things that we're doing and things that we're thinking about? Because before it was all like strictly gym related, strictly fitness related, because the name was Achieve Fitness Boston. Yeah, so it, it always just felt, felt funny to like put anything that was 
the two of us like yeah. because people didn't even know actually i remember i was looking back at old <laughs> um like an archived q a to get some ideas for even today's podcast and there was some from when it was a chief in his boston and it was like do you and your wife and then in parentheses he was like sorry i don't know your names <laughs> <laughs> and it was like asked the whole question and i was like this is so funny people didn't even know really who we were or who was behind that account yeah. and we put it up every once in a while and obviously it was it was me and you alternating videos, but even still, people weren't sure if like we were the ones who were creating the videos or if we were just like the faces of the page. Like it was yeah. very unclear. So many people were like, "Wait, you guys are married? You're married? <laughs> you we get that together? all the time." <laughs> <laughs> like, Actually, we have a kid. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's been it's been a just a lot of transitions and a lot of change for us, and I think we sometimes we get very. Um, like hyper focused on whatever is at hand and whatever we want to do next. So we're always kind of like looking forward and don't spend a lot of time looking back. And sometimes that's not a good thing because we kind of forget about some things that we should take care of, right? Yeah. I feel like the websites were one of them where I was like, I really need to get everything into one site at this point. Like it really isn't something that looks very professional or like is, you know, is good for business. Like there are a lot of things that we do need to like loose ends that we do need to tie up, but we get really excited about future projects and what we're doing next. And we do want to always be thinking about moving forward. Yeah. But it's also not like as easy as just like clicking a few buttons no, also because no. because there are payments and that we're still collecting on random sites. So it's like trying to figure out this whole like e-commerce side of things. Like we're certainly not like e-commerce experts. Like yeah. we put out content and we're trainers and we put out fitness advice, but this is like a whole different world. So each problem is completely foreign and new to us. So each one we have to kind of like attack, like, okay, how do we do this? And how do we make sure that there's not like a, like a ripple effect from this one chain? So right. we're always like double, triple checking our work and making sure that we're not doing things that could impact have like severe impacts like later down the line and all that. So, yeah. um, and then we just like, we're like, okay, let's just move on to the next thing and push it <laughs> off. But we're slowly tying up those loose ends. We are, we are, we're getting yeah. there. But yeah, even with the old podcast, we never even were like, this podcast is ending and the new one's starting. We just started a new one <laughs> and started like, it. didn't even talk about it. Some people were like, whatever happened to that, <laughs> that, that 200 episode podcast that you did? But um, you anyway. Know, I think people ask us, whether or not we have like a big team yeah. around us um, and we used to when we owned the gym but now it's actually just lauren and myself and we create all the content lauren edits the podcast i edit the videos lauren edits the pictures we're creating content together we make the rise program so we're all actually doing all that um on our own so um you know i think we are proud of that fact that we can do it all on our <laughs> own um, but that's why it kind of takes a little bit longer to do some of these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely some areas where we could probably use some help. So <laughs> we we may do in that the in the future. future. In the near future, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, today we're going back to Q and A format. We're excited to do this. It's a fun way to just answer a lot of a lot of different questions that come up all the time. We really like doing Q and As on Instagram, but sometimes, honestly, I post like ask us anything, and we get like. 500 questions and I have time to answer like 10 yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I always feel really bad that I can't get to all of them but I'm like okay be realistic you can't just sit here all day answering questions so I try to do the ones that come up more frequently or that are like repeat questions from a lot of different people but um, anyway we wanted to grab a couple that have been coming up frequently and answer them in a little slightly longer 
talking form today. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the first one is, what is your favorite nutrition hack? Our favorite nutrition hack, um, I think we were talking about this earlier, is very simple, but it's actually eating fairly similar foods every single week. Yeah. And it's not like Monday is, you know, uh, a certain day and Tuesdays we have tacos. Like when, It's not like as planned out as that, but we just have staples that we always return to every single week that we can turn to. Yeah. So every time I go grocery shopping, I always know I'm going to pick up salmon for mm-hmm. one night. I always know I'm going to pick up ground beef because that's going to be something we can whip up really quickly. I always know I'm going to pick up probably either chicken thighs or chicken breast. And I always know I'm going to pick up some sort of meat to put in our lunches. And then as far as like carbs go, you pick up some sort of rice, maybe some potatoes, uh, maybe quinoa, things like that um, for vegetables, broccoli, asparagus, uh, frozen vegetables are a key ingredient for us, like frozen peas, uh, frozen, what else, frozen stuff? Green frozen, beans. Green beans, <laughs> yep. Um, and so basically we have those staples and anytime we go to the grocery store, it's not like, oh, I forgot to uh, make a little grocery list. I forgot to do this. Like it's all just autopilot. So it saves us so much time and mental energy being like, okay, go to the grocery store, get the staples, come back. And if Lauren ever wants to create some sort of special recipe, she can look it up beforehand and kind of add it to that list. But it becomes so much more manageable and less stressful when it's just a habit. Yeah, exactly. And even just in talking that out, I realized that another hack is sort of how we build our meals in general, which Mm -hmm. is we just go, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but we just kind of build it around a protein and then add in a carb that matches with that protein and a vegetable that matches with that protein. And that's like very much all we think about. Everybody's always so worried about a specific grams of protein specific macronutrient breakdown and like for us it's really the most important things are we're getting in a protein we're getting in a carbohydrate and we're getting in a vegetable and we're going to use some fats to cook everything with and that's very balanced and super balanced the protein working around the protein helps to just create like the sort of flavor palette that makes sense. So for me, it's like, okay, if I'm going to cook salmon, I like we like broccoli or asparagus to go with that and then usually rice to go with that. And we can either throw it in a bowl or we can have it all laid out in a plate. But either way, like things kind of, we can kind of pair the protein with whatever carbs and veggies we like with that protein. Yeah. The other thing that has been helpful for um, just this sort of quote unquote nutrition hack is it's not like a crazy hack, yeah. just like a very simple habit that we kind of stick to is it helped me at least figure out what foods are um, not agreeing with my Mm. stomach are more inflammatory that bloat me things like that like before this we we would eat like you know just a random hodgepodge of meals every single week it would switch up and so I couldn't necessarily my body couldn't necessarily tell like what was inflaming me or not. And now it's like, oh, like after eating an apple, that didn't actually feel great. Like I just bloated like so much or um, ramen, which is a really sad one for me because I love ramen. (laughs) But after having ramen the next morning, I'm like, man, I feel so groggy. I feel so bloated. My face feels like a big puff ball. (laughs) And like I couldn't know these things beforehand because things were always changing. And so that's been helpful for me in terms of being like, it's not like an elimination diet. It's more of like, an awareness factor because I'm used to eating the same things. When something else is introduced, I can be like, oh, that actually felt great and was helpful for me or it was not helpful for me and I feel a lot more groggy and more brain foggy because of it. Yeah, that's a great 
Great little added bonus. <laughs> I love that. Um, and I think the other thing about this is we're able to keep this same format and based upon our goals, like most of the times we're just kind of like, kind of like at a baseline maintenance yeah. for our nutrition. So we kind of stick to the same meals with the same portion sizes. But let's say I wanted to bulk up a little bit or if I knew I had a heavier strength phase coming up and I wanted to add more calories into my diet, I eat the exact same things. I just increase my portions a little bit. Or if I want to cut back a little bit, I just decrease my portions a little bit. So it becomes such an easy process rather than trying to reorganize macros and whatnot. It's just a very seamless way. Like obviously I'm not going to win any bodybuilding competitions with this method, but for the vast majority of people, you can get very fit and have great results by just utilizing this very reasonable approach. Yeah. I love that. It's a, a scaling up and scaling down as opposed to full on renovation, mm, yeah. <laughs> right? Because that's what I used to do whenever I felt like things weren't going the way I wanted them to. I would, I would, be like, okay, I need a complete overhaul. And then I would just go on a diet, like follow something very specific or eliminate an entire food group or whatever it was. And it would be so extreme that then that would cause me to feel just so much like anxiety and stress about food because it was constantly on my mind because I had been doing, I made so many changes all at once. But doing it this way, it's really just more about keeping almost everything the same and making really small tweaks that I end up having a big impact, but don't feel so overwhelming to your system. Yeah. All right. So even our hacks are extremely reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like hacks are normally like just, what's the word? Oh, biohacking. It's Lauren one of my biggest pet peeves. Biohacking. <laughs> it really <laughs> it, is. It's like, yeah, what is it? Like you use this tip to instantly and dramatically improve something, X, it's, Y, or Z. Yeah, it's always like sold as this like very simple way to completely change your life. And that just doesn't exist. It's kind of like there's no such thing as a magic pill, but these people have kind of like repackaged magic pills to be like all cutting edge and science -y, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's like a manipulative magic pill that they're touting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's probably an unreasonable thing that I hate so much, but I just really don't like it. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. We're going to go into the next question, which is, what are your thoughts on pre-workout and when should I take it? Pre-workout. We get asked about pre-workout a lot. Pre-workout and creatine are the two supplements that we get asked about the most. Yeah, especially I think with the advent of TikTok where people are, you know, dry scooping uh, <laughs> pre-workout powders and it seems like everyone is taking it. Yeah. Um, I take it myself. You don't take it. You, no. I don't think you've ever taken it in your entire I lifting actually, career. I haven't. It's not one of those things where I'm like standing on some sort of high horse about it. I just haven't done yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think you have like natural amounts of energy. Um, I tend to just have lower amounts of energy. So I feel like I need it. But as far as when you take it, you know, I think first of all, there are no like rules behind this. Like if you want to take it, take it. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. Like take this all with a grain of salt. But as far as pre-workout goes, I do feel like the longer you do hold out, the better results you can get because you don't want to start taking pre-workout, like two scoops of pre-workout when you're first starting out lifting and the weights are lighter, you're just learning movements. You don't want to be all like hopped up trying to learn <laughs> these movements. You want to take it once you've had, let's say, a couple of max outs under your belt, you're starting to reach your you know, strength potential, you're starting to use heavier and heavier loads and workouts are a little bit more challenging to get into the zone with because the exercises are more challenging and the weights are more difficult. At that point, when you start to take pre-workout, it's like that extra little boost 
that can really make the difference in terms of having a really good lift or starting to lift off a little bit kind of like groggy and slowly getting into it. I was going to ask you like what the feeling is and how quickly does it kick in? So it depends on what you take, how much you take. There are certain um, brands that offer more caffeine per scoop and all that. Um, and there's certain um, like beta alanine, like some of them makes you feel like a little bit jittery, a little bit twitchy, like you're a little That's bit what on I would edge. Be afraid of. <laughs> um, I actually like the feeling probably because <laughs> I've been taking pre-workout on and off since high school. Um, but a lot of people really don't like that jittery feeling at all. And so in that case, like I think when you're first introducing pre-workout into your sort of a supplement regimen, I would probably recommend taking like a quarter scoop, just kind of getting in, into that mindset. As soon as you take it, you're going to notice the effects. Don't start to take a full scoop just because the bottle recommends it. Just start with a quarter scoop and you're just going to feel like you have a little bit like of an energy buzz about you and like that you're ready to kind of tackle the workout. Now, as far as benefits go, you're going to feel like you can push through for an extra couple reps or so, you're going to feel stronger. And all these changes are going to happen like right at the start of the workout. And um, it's just a nice little boost, especially for those of you who work out super early in the morning or super late at night. It's just a nice way to do it um, and give the, give you that extra little boost. Do you feel like it is hard to like, I feel like we're talking about drugs. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> wean gonna, off of it? I was going to say come down off of or wean off of it. Yeah. Like, I guess that's two different questions. But like yeah. one is when you take it before a workout, how long after, how long into that workout or after that workout do you feel like your system's sort of like down regulating and you don't feel those jitters anymore? So I like to take it about 10 to 15 minutes before the workout and that's like basically as soon as I start my workout after doing my mobility stuff, it starts to really kick in and it lasts for about an hour, hour and a half or so. So about the length of my workout and then it just starts to slowly, slowly come down. Uh, now there are other kind of like versions of pre-workouts that are coming out that are actually no caffeine uh, versions. Um, I've taken some from I think Gorilla Mind, which is a funny name. Uh, Buff Chick Supplements, I've taken a no caffeine version. These are all great versions, especially for those of you who work out late at night um, and don't necessarily want to have like, you know, a cup or two cups of coffee's worth of caffeine into your system that late at night, but you still want a little bit of a boost. Love it. Cool. So basically just it's not something that you have to take, especially if you feel like you have enough energy. Like for me, I've never felt like the thing I'm missing is a boost of energy before my workout. Like yeah. I just don't feel that that like sluggish before I go. So I've never really felt the need to take it. So if you don't feel that, don't feel pressured to take it because everyone else is. Yeah. But if you do notice yourself like really dragging your feet to get to the workout, like you don't feel like you have any energy once you get started, then it's worth trying it out. Although I will say... Definitely do not take pre-workout as a mask for poor mm. recovery habits. That's a great like point. Like if you are sleeping four hours a night, if you are so stressed and just just mentally just so exhausted and taxed, pre-workout, taking that is not a mask for that problem. You need to get to the root of that first before being like, oh, I can get through this workout if I take two to three scoops of pre-workout. <laughs> like, that's not the right solution. Um, taking that many scoops will lead to adverse effects because it is just going to be hard on your system. But if you're taking, you know, less than a scoop, a scoop uh, before your workouts, and it's in conjunction with a solid recovery sort of like system, then it's a great enhancer. Love that. Yeah. Okay, bonus question. Why do people do dry scoops? I I think 
it is supposed to hit your system faster or it's just like a more convenient way because a lot of people like don't have like bottles of water on hand or whatever so it's just like scoop it get a swig, swig of water and then then they're good to go Wait, but if they're taking a swig of water after then they have water. Know, maybe it had a water fountain or something I, I don't i don't do it what i do actually is i don't like a lot of water in my system so i'll just get a glass put like my three quarters of a scoop into into the glass and then i just put like a dash of water into it and then just kind of chug it it's a very hyper concentrated taste to be to warn you up front um but it helps me because i don't have like i don't want to have a whole bunch of water in my system as i'm lifting okay yeah good to know this was a cool one because i knew pretty much nothing about it and so (laughs) i got to interview jason for this one (laughs) okay next question is it okay to just want to maintain or do you always need to be trying to get gains Mm. (laughs) this is a really good question this is a great one especially because we're always talking about progressive overload and moving the needle forward and all that sort of stuff so it can feel like you should always be trying to progress. And this question was actually pretty reminiscent of a situation that you had with a, not a situation, just like a question that was proposed to you in one of your nutrition workshops like six or seven years ago. And, you know, you were talking, and even at that time, that long ago, you were still very careful about not imposing, you know, that you have to lose weight, that you have to do this or X, Y, and Z, just giving general reasonable nutrition advice. And one of the people the participants came up to you after and they asked you whether or not like you felt that or that they should feel that they have to progress or if they're okay with where they're at right now and they just want to maintain but they just want healthier principles to follow. Yeah, it was a really awesome moment for me and for for her. It was just a really cool moment because she came up to me and she was like, I had this sort of revelation that I actually don't feel like I need to change my body, but I do want to learn more about nutrition and I want to be healthier and I want to feel better, but I don't really... And Oh, and the reason it came up is because we did have a goal setting like section of the workbook. It was like this long uh, eight week course and we met once a week as a group. And and in the book, in the booklet, there was a part about setting goals. And it was like, if you have any specific goals, write those down so that you can refer back to this and we can kind of check in at the end. Did you get closer to those goals or further away from those goals and just kind of like let this be a process? And she was like, when I was thinking about my goals, I realized that I don't really have any goals to change how I look. I don't have any goals to change my body. I just, I feel comfortable enough there, but I do have goals to just improve my nutrition. And can those things like coexist? Can I be striving to improve my eating habits without having this underlying like body image component to it? And it was just a really cool moment because I was like, yes, (laughs) absolutely. Like there's nothing wrong with trying to improve how you're eating and how you feel. (laughs) Like that's actually an incredible goal and an an incredible way to approach all of this. Um, But she felt so weird about it because everything was always like with nutrition, it was always, there was always a weight loss component Mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. And the same thing would happen with fitness as well, with working out as well, where people might not necessarily want to always be trying to reach a goal or always be trying to hit a certain number of something like they just wanted to consistently show up move their bodies and feel like they got in a good workout and it doesn't always have to be about progressing and it's it's hard and we definitely go we do talk about progressive overload so much and that's what you were saying in the beginning is we were always saying like that's kind of the key component 
if you want to push the needle forward, if you want to keep reaching new goals and getting stronger and doing all these things, because that's what most people want out of their workouts. Most people want to see some sort of result, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to go into a workout and say like, this is just for the sake of working out. Like sometimes that's actually not very motivating and doesn't really push people to get into the gym. So a lot of times you want to have that sort of like goal or that sort of outcome in mind so that you have something to, to push for and something to get you into the gym. But it, it doesn't mean that you have to do that, right? It's just that that typically is what helps people be more consistent. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that we tend to forget or just like the general fitness industry tends to forget is that just by moving your body, whether it's just walking or doing bodyweight exercises or YouTube workouts, like whatever it is, just by moving your body, you're getting a ton of benefit, right? Just getting your blood flowing, getting your just everything loosened up um, that has just so much benefit for your entire body. And I think there was like, I would say there's probably like 10 to 15% of our members at our former gym, Achieve Fitness, who would come in saying that they weren't necessarily too concerned about building muscle or building strength. They just wanted to, they knew that working out was a good thing and they kind of wanted to just check that box yeah. and they wanted to make sure that they were at least doing the bare minimum to move, to get their heart healthy, to just get keep their joints moving and things like that. A lot, I feel like a lot of them were in academia, yeah. like professors <laughs> and stuff. They were like, I don't, I don't need to be jacked or ripped. I just want to move a little bit and make sure I don't get into pain and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that was pretty common. And we were like, yeah, that's awesome. That's totally fine. Like you don't need to be constantly trying to pro improve and progress. Like it might just not even be a thing that you want to do. Yeah. And <laughs> I was actually thinking about this the other day when I was mowing my lawn of all things. <laughs> and I was mowing my lawn and I'm just listening to music and I'm kind of just zoning out. And as I was going through this, I was like, man, this is, I still have more lawn left to go. I still have to pull weeds. I still have to do X, Y, and Z. I still have to leaf blow. I still have to clean the lawnmower after I'm done. So I'm like going through all the, like the laundry list of, of things I have to do. And I was like, you know, all I need to do is just do the bare minimum. I'm not going to win the most perfect manicured lawn <laughs> in the neighborhood. I'm not going to go out of my way to try to get a better lawn every year. I'm just going to do the bare minimum. I'm going to mow my lawn every other week. I'm going to pull weeds every couple weeks or so, maybe even a month or so. <laughs> I'm going to just do the bare minimum. I'm not going to learn how to get better. I'm not going to learn how to fill that patch that doesn't have grass in it with seeds and stuff like that. Basically, I don't need to have the perfect lawn. All I want is a reasonably good <laughs> lawn that the kids can play with, play in, that the dogs can play in, that I'm not overly embarrassed by if people come over. Like I just want it to be reasonably good so it takes up as little mental energy as possible, but I still get the majority of the benefit. And I think that's what we're trying to say here like you can you, you don't have to constantly be improving or constantly be obsessed with improving your fitness levels you can just do the bare minimum reap the benefits and move on with your day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on to another question we're going to talk about deload weeks we get a lot of questions about what is a deload when should you deload how often should you deload yeah so deloads are basically important when you are training at very high intensities for a long period of time, you need deload so that your body can recover and recuperate 
and then which then in turn helps you to get stronger and just better recovered for the next bout of training. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's in all forms of physical exercise, I would say. Like, you know, you can deload from a powerlifting cycle, you can deload from an Olympic lifting cycle, you can have taper runs right before a big race for your marathon training. There's all sorts of ways where you want to sort of take things back a little bit, scale things back a little bit in your training in order for you to continue to keep making gains because you can't just have linear, hard training progress all the time. Right. And so this is really, really, really comes into play the at the higher levels. Like the higher level you are and the more experienced you are, the more important a deload typically is. If you're a beginner to intermediate lifter, it's less important and it's less necessary, I would say. Yeah. And we like Lauren and I, we consider ourselves in the intermediate slash advanced camp and we don't take any sort of purposeful deloads. And we find that deloads almost naturally happen because of just life in general. Like we might get sick for a week. Mm -hmm. We might have to go on like a work trip or we might go on a vacation where it's an extended period off from lifting. And so kind of like these deload periods naturally happen. People that do need to deload are individuals who are training for a very specific sport, a very specific end goal, and are competing to achieve this very high level of competition or sports. Yeah, exactly. So what, what if you're preparing for a powerlifting meet or an Olympic lifting meet or a big race, like you said, like those are all absolutely times where you're going to need those deloads in order to continue to push forward. Like you were saying, you can't just keep making gains and making progress forever. Yeah, exactly. So like, for example, for a powerlifting cycle, you know, you progressively go from higher reps and lighter loads and we progress all the way down to lower reps and really heavy loads and right before we attempt the max out the week before we tend to take it a lot easier a lot um, lighter a lot less volume so that the body can recover from the training and then what happens is this phenomenon called super compensation where you actually get stronger after that week of training because now your body is now fully recovered and able to access all the uh, gains and adaptations that you've made over that long period of training. So it's during the recovery process that your body gets stronger, not necessarily during the training process. Mm. That's why sleep is so important, and that's why we talk about recovery all the time. Now, but for the vast majority of people who aren't competing in a very specific sport and who are just training, we want to continue that training process for as long as we can, but there's different ways where we can sort of take things down a notch a little bit throughout the training. So it's kind of like, it's a little bit, instead of a straight line, it's a little bit wavy, Mm -hmm. I would say. So there's a couple of little valleys here and there throughout our training that we can do to make sure that we're not overreaching too much with our training. And so one thing that naturally happens is at the start of every rise program, or really at the start of any good program, it should start you off a little bit lighter, right? And that can be a natural deload. So every four weeks, your program starts you off at a little bit lighter loads, a little bit fewer sets and reps, and then it kind of ramps you up throughout that month. And then you kind of deload again once the new program kicks in. So that's one way you can kind of naturally deload. Yeah. And so that's not a deload week. It's just a continuation of the program, but with waving the load slightly in order to give yourself that time to build back up again. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so I think that, that there's some confusion with that. It's like 
a lot of times people are talking about deload weeks. Like you mm -hmm. need a full week of deloading all of your lifts. And in that week, you're just doing really, really light weights and, you know, maybe doing less lifts, just really taking a, a bigger, bigger break. Yes. And for us, because we're not pushing at such a high capacity, we don't have to fully take a week of like almost near rest. We can just bring those weights down slightly, but continue on with the training process and continue to have the same number of exercises in there and the same, like generally the same amount of volume. But we're just scaling it back a little bit, giving ourselves some room to grow again. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're a competitor and whatnot, like you're going to need to have these very, very high intensity periods in your training, your, your body is going to have to deload. But for people just wanting to generally get fit, generally stronger, generally gain more muscle, we think it's more advantageous and less like just impactful on your overall lifestyle to just Keep your training fairly consistent throughout the board and then just make these micro adjustments from week to week. Yeah. All right. I think that gives us time for one more. So I really like this one to end it off. They said, with all of the reasonably fit talk, is it okay for those of us who enjoy training six to seven days per week to continue this if we're not feeling burnt out or injured, et cetera, and we're enjoying ourselves? Hmm. I thought that was an awesome question because I do think that there is a little confusion sometimes in, and this is... It's a new way for us to be talking about things that we've been talking about forever, which is how to be more reasonably fit. But we're um, we're using that word a lot more. We're kind of trying to encompass a lot of different situations in helping people realize that it's okay not to be as extreme. It's okay not to train seven days a week. You're going to be fine. You're going to be able to be fit. But... It's also okay to train six or seven days a week. It's also okay to push for really hard goals. It's okay to be a power lifter. It's okay to be a bodybuilder. All of those things are great. What we're kind of saying with our approach is you're not bad or you're not less than for not being at these super high levels. Mm. So absolutely, if you are somebody who's training six or seven days a week and feeling like your recovery is great, feeling like you're really enjoying your training, you're not feeling burnt out, we would never talk to someone like that and be like, you should really cut back on your workouts. <laughs> like we, that, that's an awesome thing. That's great for that person. And every individual is going to have this sort of different capacity depending on the season of their life that they're in. And that's another thing that we really want to make sure we're always addressing and always bringing up is that there is no perfect approach for every single person because every person is living a different life and a different situation. And so what is reasonable for me and what's reasonable for Jason is going to be different than for what, what's reasonable for my mom or what's reasonable for our neighbors. Like everybody is going to be in a different place in their life. And so reasonably fit is highly individual. Yeah, it's, I was going to say that it's very subjective on what reasonable is. And if this person has fitness as a really high priority for them and they have the time, they have the energy and they feel great about it, that is very reasonable for them to continue to pursue things that feel good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And we actually got a similar question recently that was like, do you ever get any pushback or negativity from other influencers about your reasonable approach to fitness? And I thought that was kind of a, a funny question too. And it's not, we haven't gotten a lot of like outward pushback. Yeah, nothing direct really. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are probably bodybuilding coaches or powerlifting coaches that would scoff at our stuff if our if our stuff came across their feed and whatnot um and probably think about and probably post on their stories some sort of motivational quote that they have to be like you can't just be average because if you're average then you'll get average results and like <laughs> you know all those sorts of random sayings that are just really annoying <laughs>
Is it more annoying than biohacking? <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's the same. It's a lateral move. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's and there's people out there who are just motivational for the sake of being motivational, right? That's their whole shtick. That's their whole thing. And they might even feel like we're, we're undermining their like whole thing, right? By just being like, or you could just be reasonable. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure there's some probably like some people rolling their eyes. I'm sure there's some people who are not in agreement with us, but that's okay. That's going to be the case for everything that's out there. Um, but we do think that this is a way to just get people to think differently about fitness, to think more individually about what's important to them, what really makes them tick, what really makes them happy, and to be able to feel free from all of the like burdens that are put on everyone when mm. it comes to health and fitness. Yeah, and just give you the tools to, and just the information to like what you were saying before, to be able to scale up and down according to what is reasonable at this period in time in your life. Yeah. All right. I think that pretty much wraps up the rapid fire Q&A today. We got through four or five questions. That was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, and yeah, let us know in the comments of today's episode if you found this to be a fun way to break things up. If you like the Q&A format um, and we will keep it going. Maybe we'll make it like a monthly thing. We're also going to start doing interviews, which yeah. we're very excited about. We've been we wanted to start this out just the two of us to get our bearings and make sure like literally we know the technical side of things, which if you listen to like five episodes back, we forgot to hit record one time, <laughs> would hate to have done that to oh a guest. <laughs> so get all the mistakes out of the way now so that we can make sure that once we have a guest in our podcast sphere, they are comfortable and we're not like still trying to figure out <laughs> little things here and there. Yeah, I think and I think one of the things that we really wanted to accomplish with these sort of interviews is not go through the whole classic like so how did you get into the fitness industry how did you do this and just like have it be almost more of like a conversation around specific topics we want to bring experts around certain topics that we have a familiar familiarity with and are in like aligned with but not necessarily experts ourselves in so we want to bring these experts in to have conversations around being reasonably fit and things like that and uh, just have it be just a fun way to bring new voices to our um, our sphere. Yeah, new voices, new perspectives, and new information. So we're very excited. We already have some uh, folks who we are reaching out to and getting in touch with and some, some good friends, too, that we just want to have conversations mm. with. I think for, you know, Jason, you're such a you're such an interviewer in just like life. <laughs> like the, I feel like the first time people meet Jason, they're like, that was a lot of questions. Like you just pepper people with questions because you're genuinely curious about other people and you like to know about their lives. And so you're, you're very, it's just a kind of a natural thing for you to do. So it's going to be fun for us to just get to know people on a deeper level, um, get to know what, you know, why they, became passionate about this sort of topic of fitness that they are passionate about and then have them bring some really unique perspectives and, and information out to our audience. Yeah. So if you have any guests in mind that you would really like to hear us interview, you would like to hear from uh, in this platform. Or certain like topics in general. Mm. And we can always try to find who are the foremost experts in that sort of topic and field. True, true. We can also do that as well. So Leave that as a comment on our Instagram, Reasonably Fit Pod. So I think that's about it for today's episode. Until next time, sweat out, happiness in. Woo.